This is Trek FM. Helling frequencies open. This is your Trek FM Hyper Channel for Saturday, July 19th, 2014. I'm Christopher Jones, and I have one story for you today. Star Trek Live in Concert arrives in North America. Michael Giacchino's scores from the last two Star Trek films have been some of the greatest highlights of the franchise's big screen relaunch. Fans in Europe have been enjoying this music in a unique way through Star Trek Live in Concert, which most recently stopped in London at the Royal Albert Hall. Finally, fans in the United States and Canada can experience these unique events as Giacchino brings the tour to North America. There are quite a few dates lined up, and it actually kicked off on Friday, so yesterday as I'm recording this, in Houston, also taking place on Saturday in Houston. And it's Star Trek 2009 on the 18th, Star Trek Into Darkness on the 19th. This is the same back-to-back situation that they did at the Royal Albert Hall recently. Now, also coming up this week at San Diego Comic-Con on July 26th, the performance will take place there. And that one will be an outdoor concert at the Embarcadero Marina Park, which is close to the rest of the Comic-Con. And the way these work is, you probably know because I've talked about it here on the show before, but they show the films on a big screen and then the orchestra is seated down on the stage with the the film above them. At least that's how it is usually. I don't know for the outdoor concert. I, I assume they will erect a screen like, you know, like Pops in the Park kind of thing that we have in the summertime in a lot of cities. And as the movie is shown... The orchestra, led by Giacchino, performs the score. So it's a really cool way, if you love classical music, if you love film music, to actually see the musicians perform. So that's going to take place on Saturday at San Diego Comic-Con. And tickets for that run $25 if you want to sit on the lawn, all the way up to $90. And there is also a pre-event meet-and-greet And I understand that Giacchino, of course, will be there, but also John Cho, who plays Sulu in the new films, will be there. And this is an extra $75, though, so it's not free. It's not part of the concert. A little bit pricey, but again, a great chance to actually meet Giacchino, which I would love to do. So if you're going to go to the event, if you're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con, keep in mind that that's available. You can get ticket information at sandiegosymphony.org. So go there if you want to find out what's still available and pick up your tickets. But let's find out what's happening elsewhere in North America in the coming months and actually all the way into spring of 2015. There are going to be a lot of different places that you can catch this. It's not coming to every city and it may be a long drive for some of you, but at least there will be a performance in different regions where if you really want to see it, you'll have an opportunity. On July 31st, which (laughs) coincidentally is the kickoff of Star Trek Las Vegas, but this is completely unconnected. For those of you on the East Coast not going to STLV this year, if you can make it to Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Orchestra will be performing Star Trek Live in Concert, and that one will be Star Trek Into Darkness. Then on October 17th and 18th in San Antonio, Texas, the San Antonio Symphony will be performing. And as I understand it, those are both Star Trek Into Darkness. So 
I'm not sure. I, I'm wondering if maybe that is a mistake in the information that has been distributed for this. And maybe the 17th is 2009 and the 18th is Into Darkness. I'm just speculating. It just doesn't make sense to me really why you would have back-to-back performances and you would do Star Trek Into Darkness on both nights. So go and go to the San Antonio Symphony website. Find out what they have coming up. See if uh, maybe that gets changed from the time I'm recording this. Maybe the information will get updated. Then again, a few months break. And on January 30th of 2015, the Oregon Symphony will be performing the score of Star Trek 2009 in Portland, Oregon. And then for those not in that area, for those in Canada, you'll be able to catch the score of 2009 performed by the Kitchener-Waterloo Symphony Orchestra in Toronto. Again, that's Saturday, March 21st. And then finally, the final date that we have right now is in Louisville, Kentucky. And the Louisville Orchestra will be performing the score from Star Trek 2009 on March 27th of 2015. There are a lot of gaps here right now, and and I wonder if maybe some of those will be filled. Maybe new dates will be announced. Again, I'm speculating. I can only go off of what I know, what's been distributed. Interestingly to me, I don't see a dedicated website for Star Trek Live in Concert. So whoever is actually organizing this on the, the most base level, you really need to create a website Star Trek liveinconcert.com that tells fans exactly what these performances are, what's involved, what they can expect, and keeps everyone up to date on where they're going to be occurring. Because the thing about Star Trek fans is we're scattered all over the place, and not everyone knows actually to go to this news website or that news website. To get this information, it would be great if there were a central place where you could find out about these things. But nevertheless, it's very exciting. So if you're near, if you're, well, Houston's happening right now as I'm recording this. So hopefully if you're there, you've already heard it. But if you're not, if you're in Texas, if you can make a trip over to San Antonio, October 17th, San Diego Comic-Con, July 26th, Philadelphia, July 31st. Uh, again, Oregon, January 30th of 2015. Toronto, March 21st, 2015. Louisville, March 27th, 2015. Check these out. I'm hoping they'll do an international tour and they'll actually come to Tokyo so I can go. I doubt it. We typically don't get things like that here and Star Trek isn't big in Japan anyway. So I doubt they really see uh, much of a, a profit opportunity in that. And, and I understand that. But for everyone else, I hope you enjoy it. And if you attend one of these events, let me know how it was. I would love to hear from you about that. And also, check out Melodic Treks 13 here on the network, episode 13, where Colin actually has a first-hand account of the Royal Albert Hall performances there in London recently. Now, I have some feedback for you today. I told you in the last show, I've gotten a lot of feedback. I'm trying to get it all organized. If uh, First up, If you have sent me feedback and you've never heard back from me, if I've never responded, feel free to ping me again. I try to keep up with it. I get a lot of feedback from all the different shows, and it's very fragmented because some people send me email, some people talk to me on Twitter, which is actually the easiest way to get a hold of me. Some people talk to me on Facebook, then there's SoundCloud. Some people send me regular email, not 
through the website, which is really hard for me to keep up with. I'm not an email person. Uh, my, my inbox is a disaster. And so stuff gets lost. I try to avoid email as much as possible. If you go through the form at trek.fm slash contact, however, that actually comes through and is flagged in a way where it's a little bit easier for me to keep up with. So uh, you can contact me that way. But but if you haven't heard from me, I'm not intentionally ignoring you. I do want to talk to you. So um, ping me if you haven't heard back from me. And I apologize if I've left you hanging on anything. So on to some feedback here. Drenik from the Netherlands wrote in about the show Name That Planet, where we talked about the name exoworlds.org bit and the exoworlds that you can help name. Drenik said, I just wanted to let you know that I really enjoyed the episode about name exoworlds.org. It's very exciting. I'm trying to start a little discussion on the forum, but it would be interesting to hear what you think too. And on the same topic, Rebecca Skipper in Florida wrote, I am thinking about registering as an individual, but hoping that you don't have to see the planets to name them, or that there are captions describing the entries, since I can't see the site. So for those who are listening, you may know, because I've talked about Rebecca on the show before, she is blind, so she can't actually see images or In this case, you know, with these exoplanets, they would typically be artist renderings of what they think the planets look like, you know, based on the data that we have from them. Uh, Don't worry, Rebecca, I don't think that's the case. I don't know for sure, but I don't think that's the case. And and I think that the IAU would make it accessible uh, to those who can't see if that is the case. So um, charge forward. I think you'll be able to do this. And she says, anyway, to my list of names, Vulcan, Andor, or is it Andoria, Kronos, Romulus, Andromeda, Bajor, and Ryza are all ones on her list. Um, I think Andromeda would probably be ruled out since it's already the name of a galaxy, but all those other ones are, are open for sure. And of course, everyone is eager to have something named Vulcan. The question about Andor or Andoria that's an interesting one because um, in, you know, originally it was just a creative inconsistency. Like, what are we going to call this place? Andor or Andoria? But they tried to eventually explain it on Enterprise by the fact that Andoria, where the Andorians come from, is actually not the planet. It's a moon orbiting the planet. And so there's Andor and there's Andoria. And uh, if you watch especially uh, the arc with the Enar, you'll be able to actually see the Enterprise Enix. Well, you can't see it, Rebecca, I know, but but you can hear them talk about it, the approach, and they uh, will explain a little bit about how that works. So a little bit of a creative inconsistency, which is understandable when you're dealing with different writers over time, especially since the Andorians were introduced early on in TOS where just general facts about every aspect of Star Trek were not settled yet because they were just making it up. But I love the name, so hopefully that will get chosen. Okay, going back to Drenik here and his feedback beyond ExoWorlds, he said, congratulations with the Axonar show. I think that many fans look forward to the serious tone of this production. Personally, I'm really looking forward to seeing Garrett Wong and Gary Graham on screen again. Also, I think you're doing a very good job with the Continuing Mission podcast. Your guests have been working on really original projects. Who would have expected a Crusher story? 
great. I'm still hoping to hear an interview with the writers of the audio drama Star Trek Outpost someday. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Drenik. I'm glad that you're enjoying those shows and you're enjoying the new Axanar show. As for Outpost, I actually have reached out to them. We've had a little bit of communication. I need to follow up on that. And we're going to get them on, though, definitely. So we will be talking to the creators of Star Trek Outpost in a future episode of Continuing Mission. So thanks again, Drenik and Rebecca, for your feedback today. And for everyone else, I would love to hear from you as well. Feel free to catch me on Twitter. My username is C, Brian Jones, the letter C and Brian with a Y. I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash C, Brian Jones. Feel free to hit me up there. Send me a friend request. Uh, follow me, whatever you want to talk about over there. Uh, the network has a Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash trekfm. And on Twitter, our username is trekfm. We're also in other places. We have a community on Google+. If you search for us there, you'll find us. We also have forums at trek.fm slash forums. And another thing that Drenick mentioned in his feedback is that he's sometimes hesitant to post on the forums because they're not that active. And there's the feeling that if I post there, will anyone respond? And that's a completely valid point, Drenick. Forums are difficult these days because there are so many ways for people to communicate and everyone has their own preference. And for many, forums feel sort of like something from the last decade, I think. But then others really enjoy the forums. You know, Star Trek.com, they shut their forums down about a month or so ago and they're completely gone from the site. So, yeah, forums are a thing. One thing you can do on our forums, though, is that when you post a message, you can actually share that message on Twitter or in other places in social media. There's a little share button there. And when you do that, for example, if you do it on Twitter, which is my main haunt, that's where I hang out most of the time, it will actually tweet it out. For example, right now as I'm recording this, a message just went by from listener Gary Lum in Australia. Gary is one of our very devoted listeners on the network. And it says, Warp 5, a horror story retold. Gary Delam, and it has a link to the forum. And that encourages people also to come over and contribute to that thread. So if you do want to take part in the forums, when you post, think about sharing it in social media using the share button, letting people know it's there, because it is really hard to find things these days online with so much stuff going on. But that's a great way to contact us as well, if you'd like. And then also we have a contact form I mentioned earlier, trek.fm slash contact. If you choose to send to a show and choose Hyperchannel, that will come to me by email. And that is the type of email that I am able to flag and keep up with a little bit more easily. Now, I do have a network update for you, and I'm going to do this one a little bit differently because there are a lot of shows because our schedule this week on Hyperchannel was disrupted a little bit. I've actually got six shows for you. So instead of going in depth into what we're talking about on each one, I'll give you a quick overview. First, there's Earl Grey, where the guys are discussing all of the Enterprises throughout Star Trek. There's The Orb, where Matthew Rushing and I talk about the Bajoran solar system and the fact that it's much larger than you may realize just from watching the TV show. Also, there's The Ready Room, where I have Philip and Daniel from Earl Grey on to do a TNG Films face-off then there's To the Journey, where Tristan and Char give you the ultimate season six marathon. Their picks for episodes for you to make a weekend out of Voyager season six. Warp five, where Tyler Johnson and I rewrite the episode Extinction, which is 
Not a great episode. We try to make it better. And then there's commentary Trek stars, where Mike and Max talk about Will Wheaton's TV show Tabletop. You'll find all of these episodes in your feeds right now if you subscribe to the individual feeds for the various shows or to the Trek of Him Complete Master Feed that contains every episode of every show that we do, including Hyper Channel. And you can find these anywhere you get your podcasts iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Blackberry, SoundCloud. We're all over the place. Just search for Trek.fm or the name of the show you want to listen to. You can also stream from our website and you can get the RSS link as well. Well, that's all I have for you today, everyone. I'll be back tomorrow with some more stories for you. Thanks again for listening. I hope you've had a great weekend. And until tomorrow, go watch some Trek. Trek.